everyone, and welcome to the Girls in Golf podcast. I'm Lex. And I'm Sarah. And we are two girls who happened to work at Callaway Golf and decided to start a podcast because we went to our bosses and we said, hey, we think there's a space for um, girls to have a podcast about golf. And they said, great. And we said, all right, who do you think should do it? And they said, well, you should. Yeah. (laughs) So here we are. Um, A little bit about us before we get into what our podcast actually is going to be. I'm Alexis Eater. I don't know. Maybe we'll bleed up out my last name. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I'm a video editor here at Callaway Golf. So, so a lot of the videos that you see online are um, done by me and my coworkers. And we have a little group in here um, that makes podcasts as well. Um, that's also part of my job. I help produce podcasts. And yeah, that's that's me. Sarah, what about you? I am a graphic designer. I love brand design, so that's pretty much what I work on here at Callaway. Everything brand related, uh, specifically the print side of design. So me and my team create all the packaging, all the retail assets, uh, banners, literally everything that's printed, we goes directly through us. So yeah. So yeah, we both have some pretty um, forward-facing stuff that we work on along with our whole teams. Um, and we also are girls who play golf. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we work at a golf company and we play golf, which is not true for everybody. So, Lex, how long have you been golfing for? Um, so, I, my dad, I was a dancer for a really long time when I was young. I um, started when I was four, and that was, like, my thing. I, I loved to dance, particularly tap. Um, and then when I was eight, my dad was like, I want you to play golf. And I, in protest, wore a limited two. If you remember limited two. Now <laughs> I loved limited justice, two. Right? They're called justice now. <laughs> or a limited two camisole spaghetti strap, totally against all <laughs> dress codes that you could possibly have you in a golf rebel. course. Yeah, I was a total rebel. Um, it said dance. And it was, yeah, spaghetti strap to my golf lesson. Never went back. <laughs> um, and then when I was in high school, I was on the POM team my freshman year and ended up um, not going back my second year for for Palm Line, and a couple of my girlfriends were like, we're going to go play golf. Like, there's no cuts on the team. Um, it's really fun, and it's just, like, it's something to do after school. And my dad was like, really? Like, this is what it took to get you into <laughs> golf? So I ended up playing all three years and um, played on and off since and then played a lot more since I started working here. Why don't you tell people a little about your um, golf journey? Um, I started golfing around 10 or 11. My dad also got me involved. Um He's loved golf since he was a kid, and he's just like, you're going to golf with me. So it was every Saturday we'd go out and play nine, 18 holes together. Um, But I really didn't start taking it seriously until high school. Um, I joined the high school girls golf team, and that's also when I started taking lessons. Um, So that's when I started playing a little bit more competitively. And I played first year I was on JV, and the next three years I was on varsity. And... After that, um, I decided not to play in college because the competitive aspect of it wasn't for me. Mm. I'm just more of a social, fun kind of player. So (laughs) I've been playing for fun ever since. Yeah. So what was to, before we move on to a little bit more about the podcast, I'm curious because we've never actually discussed like why you didn't play college golf Mm -hmm. and the competition aspect of it must have been like way more serious for you obviously playing three years on varsity I only played one year on varsity and I was literally there to try and keep people's spirits high so um did you have like scholarship offers like what was your experience (laughs) in that regard like I'm wondering if that played a part um no it wasn't like I I mean I was 
I was serious about about golf, but at that point, I knew I didn't want to go play in college. Like, you have to be that kind of person to take it very competitively. You have to be a competitive person, and I'm just not that person. So I knew this, you know, that's not the road that I want to take. I was ultimately more interested in art and design. Mm -hmm. And luckily, you know, I, I went to college for design and I became a designer, and luckily this job opened up here, so I was able to combine my golf passion um, and my design passion together. Um, But however, I almost didn't play high school golf either. Um, So yeah, I love golf, I love playing with my dad, but you know, my dad is like this like middle-aged, you know, (laughs) guy, he's a dad, like he wears like high white socks with like grass stains and like (laughs) the dad jeans and I love my dad but that's like not cool and he was like at the time the only one that I had to look up to as like you know someone in golf that I could look to Mm -hmm. and so when he suggested that I join the high school girls golf team I was just like oh my gosh, is that going to be like social suicide? Like that's like super nerdy. It's a a big concern when you're in high school. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's like not cool. Like this is something that old men do. And honestly, what really got me involved was A, I had a friend who was like, I'm going to do it. You should do it with me. Mm -hmm. And B, I ended up seeing uh, Michelle Wee on TV. She's She was uh, my age. Actually, she's two years older than me. But she was in her prime mm-hmm. playing and she was amazing. And I saw her and I was like, holy crap, this girl looks amazing. Yeah. She plays amazing. She's young. She's my age. She's cool. Mm-hmm. If she can do it, I can do it too. And that's ultimately what really started my passion um, to get really involved. And um, I think that's really, really important to have more female leads in golf to inspire younger girls otherwise the younger girls aren't going to do it um because on the flip side all the guys it's more cool to play golf it's more inviting because they can look to guys like tiger and rory Mm -hmm. and all these up-and-coming young guys yeah and jordan all the people and they're always yeah they're always on tv too Mm -hmm. whereas the girls we don't we don't get that as much and we need more powerful women like michelle yeah, to well, look up to. And if you're watching our video podcast, you can see on the screens next to me um, two pictures of the greatest female golfer of all time, Annika Sorenstam, who happens to be on our staff. And we will get to that in a little bit. But um, it's it's amazing how like one person can really inspire you. Like for you as Michelle, for a lot of young guys, it's Rory right now, right? Yes. Um, for me, I I can't say that I had that sort of enlightened like path into golf. I didn't really look at anybody and say like, yes you inspire me like that's why I want to play I was mine was much more of a my friends are doing it I'm gonna do it because I'm not I don't want to miss out that's yeah that's my thing I hate missing out on stuff (laughs) major FOMO sufferer (laughs) over here um but I I think for me on the uh, on the flip side with dance that was something that did make me feel like included and like cool you know and that's at at an adolescent age that's something that's really important to you and that's why I kept going with that and it was also something that I loved and the thing about golf that really frustrated me was that it took me so long to be good at it and I didn't have the perspective to look back and say well it took me a long time to be good at dance too (laughs) it's really humbling when you watch your early recitals um just like it is when you go back and look at some of your first scorecards and I think I've really grown to appreciate um, golf as a whole game, something that is like continuously worked on, just like 
you do in life. Uh, lots of people have made the comparison of golf to life, so I'm not going to go deeply into that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's really cool that you saw Michelle and like that was inspiring for you. Whereas, you know, we're a little young to have seen Annika. We couldn't mm-hmm. see her play on television, but there are some up and coming female golfers and thank goodness for social media because now they have a place. They have a spot to share their story. Mm-hmm. Now they have a platform. Mm-hmm. So, um, that going back to the platform now come full circle we want a platform to talk about talk honestly about how women see the game of golf and what what's really going on in the golf space and what we see um things that inspire us things that we're working on um stuff like that so i think this is my take on it and i'll let you give your take on it um in a second we like our goals are just to create a little little community here girls and guys like Mm-hmm. We hear you guys. You're probably listening out there. You're probably some of our first listeners because it's on the Callaway Podcast Network. Yeah, hello, and gentlemen. Hello. We welcome you. Welcome to our time to give you a little bit of perspective. <laughs> um, what it's like to actually wear skirts with shorts underneath them and be told that it's too short or too long and have people only care about our clothes or other things like that. That's a very negative thing. There are a lot of positive things yes. in golf, too, like... Um, meeting new people and growing the game together and working with juniors and stuff. But um, we're really excited to have this space on the Girls in Golf podcast to have a voice out there. Yes, I think having a voice, being a woman and having a voice in golf, that's honestly our main purpose of of this podcast. And we're here to share real stories with you as well. Um, Real stories, real women and us. So, yeah. So we're really excited about this podcast. We hope you guys really enjoy it because we've been working hard to like make this happen. <laughs> yeah. So to kick things off um, with a bang, we're, we actually brought in our first guest, Annika Sorenstam. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why we wanted to bring her in is because she's the greatest player of all time, a uh, female player of all time. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's check out that, that interview. All right, welcome back to the show here in studio with us today. Let me get this intro ready, Sarah. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, she's a Hall of Famer. She's won 89 overall tournaments. She's an eight-time player of the year. She's won 10 majors. She's the only woman to shoot 59. Still holds four out of the five lowest scoring av- scoring averages. She's Sweden's best female athlete. Lex, Lex, Lex. Yeah. If you read every accomplishment, we're never going to finish this podcast. Okay, okay. I have, I have one more, all right? <laughs> all um, right, shoot. Sh- on ESPN's most dominant athlete list, she was named number nine. The only other golfer on that list was Tiger Woods, and she was ahead of Serena Williams. Welcome, Annika Sorenstam, to our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you very much. Great to be here, and thank you for that introduction. I loved it. <laughs> You, I mean, you're quite, quite the woman, definitely someone that um, we both have looked up to and that a lot of girls look up to in the world of golf and outside of it. Um, We are just, we're so ecstatic to have you here and we brought you here because we have a project in the works for Women's Golf Day and we have concepted this commercial to show the women at our company who's involved and who that affects like all of our work what we do and how it impacts the golf world and our lives as women so what was your reaction when we asked you to be a part of this well spontaneously i was thrilled i'm like yay great uh glad to see callaway kind of step forward and and be and do something to celebrate the women whether at 
the company or they're playing golf or just women golfers in general and future generations. So yeah, it's uh, very proud to be with Callaway and glad to see this initiative come through. Yeah, well, and we're <laughs> definitely excited to have you too. I mean, you were the number one person we wanted to make sure was in this commercial. So we were so excited that you were on board. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, so um, obviously people can see the video that we made, the commercial that we made at CallawayGolf.com. Um, but aside from that, you are very involved in the junior game and in college golf. So tell us a little bit about your um, initiatives there. Obviously, the best um, college golfer of the year wins the Annika Award. It's um, amazing how many women you get involved with, over 600 girls every year from 50 countries. Um, what has that been like for you to see this grow? Well, thank you. No, it's uh, it's a big thrill of mine. And, uh, you know, the Annika Foundation is now entering its 11th year so I feel very lucky to be able to share the passion and knowledge I have about the game all over the world and and we now have seven global tournaments and and that was really the goal was to be in every corner of the world uh, to be able to inspire other young girls to live their dreams so it all started with a tournament in the U.S. and uh, and we felt like the concept was a good one and so we added a tournament in China and then in Europe and then in Argentina, so in South America, and then last year in New Zealand. And on top of that, we have a college event, and then we have uh, smaller events, uh, which is just like day events. And uh, it's uh, it's really neat. So through these 11 years, we've had over 6,000 young girls come through our programs. And um, no, it's really rewarding. I love, love being part of it. I think they inspire me more than <laughs> maybe I inspire them, but it's a great way to say thank you for you know, for everything I've accomplished and be able to give back to the game of golf that I care very much about. When you um, talk to these girls, a lot of them in college, what is it like, what are you seeing with them, um, with their educations as well as furthering their career, their golf career? Is there advice there on, you know, like when to turn pro, when the time is, do you stay in school? Um, What are your conversations like with them on that? Well, our conversations are, are very broad. I mean, we talk about a lot of things. You know, when I do the demonstration or clinic, I start out with a little bit of the fundamentals of the game and then lead up to routines, you know, how to prepare for tournaments and how to work with caddies. And then it leads into, you know, just professional golf, what it's like to be on the road and, you know, dealing with sponsors. And then it becomes more personal. How do they personally deal with pressure? How do they handle maybe, you know, life in college nowadays? So you really never know where the conversation goes. It always starts very broad. But it's uh, it's neat because I can can talk to them and, and say, hey, you know what? I didn't do everything right when I started. You learn with your mistakes. Just make sure you don't do them again. And, uh, you know, I just, it's rewarding just to be able to celebrate these young women and, and encourage them to fulfill their dreams, you know, whether they will be professional golfers or whether they will want to be lawyers or doctors or, or just, you know, writers, whatever they want. It's all about following their passion and, and enjoying it uh, down the road. And, and, you know, if you look at some of the statistics, which I've always been a, a person into statistics, and now it's more about looking into young girls, what they do. We see a lot of young girls stop competing in their sports at the age of 14 to 16 which is such a crucial age for young girls so you know we just want to inspire them continue to play the game and golf as we all know is a game that you can play all your life mm-hmm. and uh you know it teaches you really a lot about life it's uh have, if you think of some other characteristics the game you know that you need to play this game well you know it, patience or determination integrity 
you know, it's it's difficult, but life is difficult. So a lot of these girls, we see them, if they do continue to play sports and they move on in the business world, uh, we do know that 90% of women in C-suites have a sport background. They've been an athlete at some point of their life. So wow. that's why I think it's really important to encourage them to obviously play the game or just be involved in sports because you know that it will help them in the future. Yeah, I mean, obviously... Um, with sports and a lot of things that you do growing up, you learn life lessons. Um, one of my favorite quotes that I was reading from you, you said, you're a champion whether you make a, a bogey or a birdie. It's That's so applicable to anything, whether you you know do something that you weren't really keen on or you do something that you're really proud of, like something that's under par. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really amazing, and I'm, I really admire all that you're doing there. But you, op- you also have a lot of business adventures outside of golf. Yeah, um, so I was actually curious about Cutter and Buck. Uh, I know you've been with them since early 2000s, but what made you really want to start your own clothing collection with them? Well, it's, uh, I would say two reasons. Well, number one, you know, I I wanted to have performance gear. You know, when you're a golfer, it's obviously fashion is important, but you also need to be functional. And, you know, in early 2000, there really weren't that many uh, female lines that were that you could wear at a country club, but also can you can perform in it, meaning you can swing properly, you know, where the, the shirt is not getting tight in your backswing. And, you know, at the time, you know, I was really wearing extra small men clothing. Mm-hmm. It sounds funny, but 20 years ago, there really weren't any female uh, collections out there so I was determined to say hey I want to do something that we can wear and be proud of so no it's been a, it's been a fun fun process it's been really you know education also to learn a little bit about a different side of the game that I haven't really seen and and now we're almost uh, 15 years into it and I'm very proud to partner with Cutter and Buck and and so I think it reflects some of the things that I stand for obviously performance mm-hmm. we want to make sure we have the latest uh you know, fabrics and materials and, and so forth. And then it's it's all about, you know, being sporty and feminine at the same time. So, no, it's been great. I, I cherish that partnership. And, you know, the goal is to continue and make sure that everybody wears an Annika collection piece. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, like, really important, too. Like, I mean, performance is the number one thing I look for in clothing. Yeah, I want to look great, but, you know, I want that clothing to keep up with my game of golf, too. Um, so as far as that, how involved do you get with like the design aspect of it? Do you meet with them on a regular basis or? I do. I do m- meet with them or we talk, I should say. Nowadays, you can do everything, you know, via phone and also um, online. So we meet regularly because the collection comes out several times a year. And uh, but you're right. It's about performance and and being comfortable what you wear. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot about that process. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a, a fashion expert by any means. I think I add to the collection by being the athlete, knowing what it takes to wear them and perform uh, in them, but also when you travel. I mean, it's it's hard to be on the road three or four weeks, uh, uh, you know, every month and make sure you have clothes you can wash and hang and hang properly and so you look good. So it's all about the quality of it also, but also just the easiness of packing and hanging it up and mm-hmm. and uh, and go. So, and the last thing I want to add to that is, early on I felt like golf clothes was especially the women's lines was so golfy. It's like okay, mm-hmm. I don't I, when I go to the grocery store after practice, I don't want to feel like I'm playing through in the aisle. You know, I want to make sure that it's more of a lifestyle 
piece that I can maybe match with a different top or maybe match with a different bottom. And, you know, whether I'm going to, you know, to just pick up the kids or, you know, going run an errand, I don't feel like, okay, there she is on the first tee. So it's all about the compassing all the different roles that, yeah. that I feel like I have today. You're looking for the flexibility of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. It's really impressive because we were, we talk about golf fashion a lot and it's like, a lot of girls these days, they end up wearing tennis skirts or um, just like any old polo that they can kind of find. And oftentimes it doesn't fit you right. Like you said, like there's there's a different build to an athlete. And I think it's really amazing that you do all this work to make sure that we have clothes available to us that can fit us right for the sport that we're in. There's different mobilities and all kinds of stuff. Um, but you've been with them for 15 years and you're a lifelong staffer with us. And that's an amazing representation of loyalty to me. What does it mean to you to be um, a part of something for so long? Well, I'm proud of it. What can I say? It takes time to build relationships. And when you do, you want to continue that hard work and, you know, nourish that friendship. And that's really what it is. It becomes friendship. You work together. Whether, you know, when I started with Callaway, I was, you know, I was 23 years old. And now... Obviously, I'm older, <laughs> and you know I have a different role in my life. You know, then I was a competitive golfer, upcoming, you know, aspiring golfer. I hadn't won a major at the time, but that's where we started the partnership. And then, you know, I won a major, and I was world number one and golf hall of famer. And then we have a certain relationship. Then here I am now. You know, obviously, you know, more of a philanthropist and entrepreneur, but then also a mother, and we still have this partnership. So mm-hmm. I think that just to me, it shows that. You can do a lot of things together, whether you're competing on tour or just playing the game for fun or being out there and and encourage others to play. So, yeah, I take my relationships very, very serious. I'm proud of them. And and uh, it just uh, no. What can I say other than it's I want to continue for another 15, 20 years? Yes, that's awesome. And we're happy to have you, too, for For another 15 to 20 years. Um, As far as fashion goes, um, I'm sure everyone is aware of the new dress dress code from the LPGA. Some are for it, some are against it. Um, some people believe it it's a bit limiting to clothing brands and their potential to create something new. Um, how do you feel about these new rules? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they, that they had to enforce them because we all, you know, we all talk about just being, grow the game for women, you know, uh, being inclusive and empower women. All of those words, I feel like are being put to the side when you start having regulations of what you need to wear and how it needs to look. So I think we also just use our, our taste <laughs> and what you would dress normally for comfort and for performance. So, uh, but yeah, it, it certainly does limit what's what you're able to wear and not to wear and, you know, not to date myself too much but I mean I was a you know member at a country club and I showed up with some shorts and the rule was 19 inches and my shorts were 17 inches and you know I was in my mid-20s and and uh, you know I had athletic legs I didn't really think that there was an issue I had to go inside and find to buy a pair of pants in the pro shop well then at the time they didn't even have female pants to buy in the pro shop so so it was either that or to put my rain pants on so I had to put my rain pants on on a sunny day because my shorts were 17 inches and not 19 inches and I never forget that and and it's unfortunate that we still have some of these rules and I think again you got to use some common sense and you know if you think you represent yourself well I think that's a good thing yeah what do you touching on that what do you think is a way that golf can kind of loosen up to this 
kind of relaxed culture without giving up any of its traditions? That's the million dollar question. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm all for tradition and culture. I think that's also what makes golf so special. So we don't want to lose that. But how can we also adapt it to t- today's just environment and, mm-hmm. and what you wear? And, and if you're going to bring in more people to the game of golf, you have to somehow uh, loosen up certain things. And I mean, you go to a lot of offices now, they, you know, they, you're allowed to wear jeans. Well, mm-hmm. before you had to wear a suit. Well, they have opened it up to make it more friendly. And, and I think we have to do at that, you know, the same thing in golf at some point. Obviously, there is a limit to it. Uh, but I, I think that we need to. Otherwise, it's going to be hard to get people out to the game if it's if it's a lot of no's rather yeah. than more yeses. Yeah. Well, speaking of a no, um, back in 2003, you played in a PGA tournament at Colonial. Um, there was a little bit of um, backlash and poorly chosen words um, when a few people found out that you were going to play. Um, now that it's been 16 years since that time, um, how do you look back at that and think and you know obviously be proud of what you what you did? It was it was huge. You were the first woman to play in 58 years, right, on a, P- at a PGA Tour event since Babe. Um, yeah, what was your like? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think there's a future for men and women playing together at any time? Well, I must say that in 2003, when I played in the Bank of America Colonial, it was probably one of my highlights in my career. And the reason why I say that is because, obviously, I stepped out of the box. I did something that that not many women do. Mm-hmm. And you know, the reason behind it is I was uh, I'd been number one for a few years, and I I knew inside of me that I still could. I could still play better golf. I was trying to push myself. I was trying to find new ways to really raise my game to a different level. And when that opportunity came up, I I knew that that's kind of what I needed at that time to really push myself. So, you know, for the four months of preparation I had, you know, I played from, well, obviously longer golf course. I knew that that was going to be the different, uh, the biggest difference. And just adjusting myself. I spent a lot of time in the gym and just preparing as much as I could. Uh, and you know the experience was fantastic yeah of course there was a few guys and few uh, reporters that had opinions all of a sudden I noticed everybody was an expert on my game <laughs> they had never really seen me Funny play how that happened yeah, yeah. But it was nice people at least they you know they tuned into women's golf and I mm-hmm. thought that you know brought some attention to it but um, I loved it I loved the experience and uh, you know I know I didn't make the cut I missed uh, by a few shots but uh, overall I don't think necessarily it was about the score right. I think it was more about as we say about it here is it's more about the journey and mm-hmm. not the final destination and I I knew that the preparation I had for that and what I learned you know in those weeks and months that it would help me in the future and whatever I would do so and I really felt like that I felt like after 2003 I probably had some of my best years and but I also always use this analogy I, I talk to people about stepping out of your comfort zone you know trying something new and and you know just emphasize the importance of having courage if you want to try and do something more or something better or something bigger and uh, you'd be surprised how how we are resilient, how we can step up as human beings and how we really can surprise us by doing something if we put our mind to it. And, you know, I I think I would, if I would have said no when I got that invitation, I, I, I would have regretted that. I think I would, I know I would, we certainly wouldn't have this conversation, <laughs> uh, but I would 
always tell people try that if something comes up think about it but don't be afraid to do something that nobody really else have done so just sending that message whether it's you know in, in personal decisions or business decisions if you have a chance to you know to move up within your company or maybe you want to change careers don't be afraid because you'll be surprised you know what we can handle yeah that's i think that's a great way to put it for sure <laughs> um so once you finished that tournament, did you ever consider playing in more PGA tournaments or was that it? You were just like, I did this, I'm done, I did my challenge, this is it. Yeah, it, that's how I felt, that th this was a one-time uh, opportunity. I mean, I, I was lucky to play in what we call other silly events is what they call them. Like in, in the end of the season, it was whether it was a skins game or it was a, a, a partner event and I love those and I think we should have more of those. I think women can learn from men and I certainly think men can learn from women. Playing together is good for the sport, just finding the right format. Um, I think that we're missing out when, you know, the women play over here and the men are playing over here. It's just, I think as a golf fan, you probably, if you like golf, you want to see both the, mm -hmm. the genders play because we all have different, that we add to the game, whether it's distance, whether it's feel, whether it's hitting fairways or whether it's hitting hybrids. I think we all have different skills to be able to show. So I hope for more of those events, but I, I enjoyed playing with them. I enjoyed interacting with those guys and uh, it was just fun. I just kind of brought the best out of me. Nice. Yeah. Um, so lastly, bringing it back to current um, events, uh, you were just at the NWA at Augusta National. Um, just can you describe like the atmosphere that was there on that last day of the tournament because watching it was really exciting I think for me to see all those girls playing out there and to see you tee off with Lorena and Sayri and I'm missing someone Nancy Lopez yes um but yeah can you describe like what it was like there that day oh it was an incredible feeling first of all to just be part of that foursome with uh, as you mentioned Nancy Lorena and Sayri who you know, we all comes from we all come from different parts of the world, and I think we contributed in different ways to the game. And to be able to stand there on that first tee together to share that historic moment, and you know, I, I felt pretty calm in the morning, and then I walked up on that tee, and I could see, you know, my kids, my husband, and then I saw the members in green jackets, and then I, it is knowing that wow, it's all those hundreds of thousand miles that I've been traveling the last 11 years to see these young girls 59 of the originally 72 have played in any of our events and just to be see there and, and be part of it, it it brought you know tears to tears to my eye because it was just it was so cool to be a part of it but you know the bigger picture is to be able to see how golf is taking initiatives to empower these young girls and and make it possible for them to play on a big stage and to showcase their skills and it, it was an incredible feeling and, and to talk to some of the members afterwards and they were so impressed they were sharing stories how these girls hit it so far and they hit over these trees and they were it was they were really engaged so it was a huge success and look forward to many more years to you know for this tournament to evolve even bigger and and hopefully into other sports and then go from sports to other areas of you know the business worlds where women mm -hmm. can be part of it and and feel like they can have huge dreams and dreams come true that's great thank you um we are out of time, unfortunately, on this podcast. I know you have a lot more to do today before you catch a flight home, but we're so thankful that you were here today um, and that we could sit down and talk with you. Hopefully, this won't be the last time you're on this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me.
Wow, that was like so amazing and so surreal to have Annika Sorenstam and interview her. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, super lucky to have her there. And we have more coming. This podcast is going to be dropping in um, blocks and waves um, for you guys to listen to. Our next guest, which you can find already right now on CallawayGolf.com and the Callaway Podcast Network, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere that you get your podcasts. Our next guest will be Sandra Carlborg. She is a five-time World Long Drive champion. Um, she's super strong, super fierce, and she actually, her favorite color is pink. She has a pink car, which we'll get to. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Please leave us some reviews, and um, we'll see you next time on the Girls in Golf podcast.